Hello everyone, welcome back to Space Ace, the podcast all about asexuality. That is now the final intro, I promise it will never change again. I hope everyone's having a lovely week. Today's episode, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> I know what I want to say, but it's just trying to get across what I want to say. So basically there is this TV show on Netflix, I believe if you're in America it's also on the CW or it used to be, I don't know if there's a catch up service or anything, but it's called Crazy It's Girlfriend and it is just the best time, okay, it's just the best time and the reason why I'm bringing this TV show up is because I recently just finished a rewatch of it, it's been years since, well, I think it ended, I think 2019 and I haven't seen it all the way through since then. And I don't know why. I just felt in the mood. And I had some days when I was at home. I thought, you know what? I'll, I like stick it on the background. Like, I know the story, especially the first like two series. I know them quite well. I'll, I'll stick it on. And I forgot how much I loved it. And it really brought up some interesting topics that I feel like need to be spoken about. So the premise of Crazy's Girlfriend is that you literally follow this character who is a crazy ex. So her name is Rebecca Bunch and we first meet her, she's this lawyer living in New York and she's quite depressed, like it's very clear that she's just not happy in her life, like she's doing really well at work, so like from that sort of perspective she's doing you know really well and she's been like me partner in her law firm and you know all, all the gold stars but she's just not happy and it doesn't matter how well you're doing if you're not happy what's the point and she sees this guy Josh who she was in love with at summer camp they had like this you know whole summer romance when they were 16 I think and when she's just been offered the partner at her law firm she kind of like freaks out runs outside just to get some air and she sees him just randomly on the street and goes up to him. And when she interacts with him, all those like feelings of summer camp just come rushing back. And she's hit with this like warm, fuzzy sensation. She's like, oh my God, he's going to make me happy. I need to, you know, be with him and then I'll be happy. And all my doubts and whatnot, you know, they're all going to fade away. So we basically follow her as she moves to his hometown in LA, uh, it's a place called West Covina. It's, it's such a Oh, it's just a fun place it seems obviously the whole thing it's a comedy show comedy musical show I will add as well so there's a lot of music in it because a lot of how Rebecca sort of deals with life and like how she works things out is she'll like write and she'll envision this musical number that we see play out so as far as like the audience is concerned it's happening but then you know after a while it's just in her head because it's just the way that she figure out like I said figures things out and it's like such an important part of her as a character and you know just as a general being and it's just so interesting I love it so if you're a fan of musical theatre definitely watch it because if the songs are more musical theatre vibe than just songs some of them are a bit ridiculous but like in the context of the show they work really well and they're so diverse and yeah it's just it's just a great show but the thing that really got me thinking about it was that it's all very exaggerated in the show. Like, I can't see many people being to her level because she literally moves to this town for this guy that she's... She obviously has known him a long time, but theoretically, like, okay, she spent a summer with him and that's it. So, like, even though they can say, oh, yeah, we've known each other since we were 16, they literally haven't spent any time together since that point. And now, it doesn't say how old they are, but I think when the series starts, they're, like, mid-20s. So they're at the point where people around them are starting to settle down, but like everyone is still very much in their, I say their prime in terms of, you know, no one quite knows what they want yet. People are dating around, like, you know, people are still figuring things out, which is nice to see. 
But yeah, so we follow her as she gets with Kavina. She meets all these people. She gets a job. She finds all these new friends. And you just kind of follow her. But the other thing that really struck me about it, especially rewatching it, is in her mind, especially like the first two series, is that she thinks that being in this romantic relationship with this guy Josh will fix everything in her life. Like, she's convinced all these, like, mental problems that she has because, like, she's not a very stable human being. And, you know, it's just, it's very well portrayed. Like, when she was in New York, she was on all these pills to, you know, try and help her, like, stabilise. I'm not disregarding pills because, if people need them, people have them. I'm not commenting on that at all. And then she comes off these pills when she gets to West Covina and she's sort of like, oh, okay, this is my life, this is like my the new version of myself, I don't need all this help and whatnot. And she literally turns a corner in terms of like, I don't want to live this life as this person anymore. I want to be this person. I want to be someone that Josh will like. And through so many episodes we see her just trying to change herself to make him happy and be the version of herself that she wants him to be. And it just got it just got me thinking in terms of like it's such an interesting thing to see on TV and we don't see it that often we don't see it spoken about that often in terms of how much people do change for romantic relationships and how much there is that pressure to change for the relationship I just think it's crazy that people, you know, more people don't think about it or because as far as Rebecca's concerned she's doing it without knowing that she's doing it like she's fully aware I'm doing this because of him but it still doesn't comprehend in the head, yeah, but hang on, why should I have be having to change this part of myself to be with this guy? And it just got me thinking in terms of, like, how much it happens and how much people are aware of it. Because, obviously, kind of like following on from the last episode I did of this, where I spoke about, you know, the whole ideologies of you grow up thinking, okay, you're going to get your full love, you're going to get married, you're going to have that life. And that's how society has told you growing up is going to be. And then when you get there... It's kind of like, oh, to get that, I've got to change this about myself. And I promise there is a point to asexuality in here. I'm not just going on tangent about, you know, romance and whatnot. But it's the whole thing about, oh, you're seen as that is your end goal. And it was only when I only finished off today, actually, I finished rewatching series four because there's four seasons. And so the first two, I mean, I'm trying not to be too spoilery, but the whole thing is such a journey because the first two, it's very much, she's very obsessed with this guy and this like ideal life that she's seen everyone else get that she wants for herself and then something happens in series three I'm not going to spoil it but she really turns a corner in terms of thinking oh this was all to like it's like a patch effect and she goes to therapy and she and her therapist kind of talk through it and her therapist kind of gets the point the, the point across that she's using these guys as like a patch for her life and you know she doesn't want to face what's underneath so she's thinking oh okay so if I get with this person I'm going to have that romance that means my life will get better and it means that you know all these other problems that you know are still in my life that I just haven't dealt with they're just going to go away because I'm with this person they are like my patch they are my fixer it makes me think of the song fixer from Frozen it's not like that at all but that's what in the moment it makes me think of it's like oh you know fixer upper unrelated tangent and yeah, something happens in series three, so I won't say what. And then by the time we get to series four, she's such a different person, and the journey is just extraordinary. Like such a character development. I can I so applaud those writers so much. They are so talented about what they do storytelling wise. It's just a beautiful circle. So the thing that kind of 
spontaneously, I don't know, that encouraged me to, to record this episode was that there's a point at the end where she says that, you know, love isn't everything. Love isn't the end. And that really stuck with me because especially you think of stories, Disney, for example, they always end when the couple gets together. And it always struck me that why does a story have to end there? Like, I would love to see a story where people get together, you know, we see them, you know, sort of not tie the knot, they don't have to get married, but like they have to, you know, sort of say, okay, we're going to stay together. And I'd love to see that happen within the first 20 minutes. And then everything after that is we get to see the, the after effect of it. Because I've always wondered in all those stories, how many times does the couple actually stay together? You know, we've been we've seen them go on this whole journey of oh, they do they like each other, do they not? You know, the whole journey about them getting together. Like imagine rom coms. The whole point of those films is for people to get together. But then, you know, when they're together, yeah, it's all happy days. But then what happens next? Like, do they stay happy together? We don't see them go through the whole, you know, typical problems. We see them go through the problems in the getting together stage but not afterwards, and it just really struck me, it stuck with me in terms of, like, there isn't, it isn't just that, and it kind of got me thinking in the way that I remember when I was coming to realisation I was asexual, I was kind of under the, like, you know, impression that, oh, I don't have to be this way, if I can find someone who, you know, I can be with, and maybe I can, you know, will try things with them and like things with them, then I won't have to accept the fact that I'm asexual, because like I said before, asexuality to me was terrifying. It was terrifying to admit that this is who I was because in my head I was, you know, closing off all these opportunities to myself because of who I was, because I was asexual. I wouldn't have the typical dating life that my friends have. And, you know, all those you know, insecurities were kind of like bubbing up. And in my head, the quickest way to fix that was, oh, if I can find someone who can accept me, but will accept me in terms of like, you know, I don't want to, you know, do things the conventional way I want to take things slow there's some things I might not be open to at least for a long while and in my head that was okay and for some people it may be like I'm not going to disregard it if you wanted that's like that's what you want to do then fair enough but I just think it's such a harsh and like damaging way to think in terms of like other people can't fix your life other people don't have that power. You are the only one who can fix your life. They can help by all means. They can be there for you and, you know, they can be that support. But being with someone doesn't, you know, paste over all the cracks and whatnot. It's like the whole thing of like, oh, it, like, again, it's just like the band-aid, it's the, it's the plaster effect. It is that thing of that like you can, you know, go over it and cover it for a while, but it doesn't mean it's, you know, it's not going to go away. It doesn't mean that covering it is going to mean, okay, that's the end of it. It just means that it's not there bothering you right now. And it's just something that, I don't know, I just wanted to get out of my system. And there was another point in the show as well where it set a bit, like, before the end. I say a bit, I don't remember when it's, I think it's series three. I, I, you know when you watch a show, but you kind of, you binge watch it over a couple of days and you forget what is in what series. I'm in that mindset with it now. I think it was series three. And there's a whole point where she just wants to get on with different parts of her life she wants to you know do this but she can't stop thinking about this guy and she like goes into this like big sing and dance about how oh I could save the world if I wasn't in love and there is a line in it where she literally says oh it's an asexual utopia and I'm thinking you've got no idea you've got no idea what you're saying right now because 
in her mind at that moment, if she was asexual, she wouldn't have her, you know, the, the constant thoughts in her head about this guy. She could just get on with her life and, you know, be that the best lawyer that she could. She could save the world. She could, you know, donate to all these charities and help all these different things if she didn't have love in her life like romantic love because she's got really good support network around her otherwise and I didn't know whether to laugh or cry at it honestly because people have always said to me as well like oh your life must be so much easier because you don't have those feelings for people because you're not tied up in the romantic sense and for a while I did agree with them I remember I don't know whether I don't know how I think about this now, but in the moment I was like, oh yeah, this is the best thing ever. When I used to say to people, oh, I'm too busy for romantic relationships, like I've got better things to be doing in my time. Underneath all that was the whole thing about I feel so above everyone else that I don't have to waste my time with these like trivial childish feelings. I don't quite know what I was thinking at the time, you know, adolescence is really a roller coaster. And I don't know what it was, but like in my head, not that I thought I was ever better than anyone else, I've never had that feeling, but it was kind of like for this specific thing, I could be, you know, it's the whole thing about you never feel like you're on everyone else's level for, you know, whatever reason that there is. And it was like, this was the one thing I had in my life that I had over everyone else, where some people would spend, you know, hours and days pining over someone or having these feelings which mean that you know they're lacking in concentration they you know are struggling in school or you know they're they're getting less done in their day than I am because they're spending time thinking about this person or these feelings and whatnot and I remember thinking oh my god like I'm, I'm so superior because I can I've got control of my emotions better than them because I don't have these feelings to worry about because look I'm such in control of my emotions that I'm not la- allowing myself to have these feelings and I think back right now and I'm like you've got no idea what's gonna hit you in a couple of years time and also I think I only felt like that because it's the whole again it's the whole side of thing of like oh these feelings you're going to have they're going to mess you up because obviously we're in the media especially the portrayal of not every relationship will be good which is I'm glad that we have that representation because I'd I'd worry if we all grew up thinking oh yeah every relationship is sunshine and rainbows because it's definitely not like that in any sense of the word no matter what type of relationship but from what I've seen especially romantic relationships and it was yeah it was just a weird time in my life and then the thing that struck me about this song was when she called it a utopia so anyone who doesn't know utopia is the, the term for like this idealization society so a lot of dystopian stories and like divergent hunger games handmaid's tale it, it all they all kind of stem from the utopia ideal so for example hunger games they thought their utopia was like in terms of the capital's utopia would be that, you know, they were in control of all these districts and, you know, they had total, I mean, again, control, like they wouldn't have to worry about things. They had sort of everyone in their place. The kind of thing same with Handmaid's Tale in the sense that, you know, in their utopian society, again, everyone has their place and, like, the system runs like clockwork. Obviously, they are dystopian stories. Obviously, it's not great for everyone, but the whole idea is that utopia is this idealization of how it would be like obviously in our real world utopia there'd be no wars there'd be no hunger it's it's all the things that you could get if you found a way around solving all the problems but it's very unrealistic but utopia's stories are just fascinating I think so anyway I think the whole 
dystopia utopian thing is just yeah it's just fascinating I love it so much because it's just so interesting I'm just, I'm just so fascinated by that stuff and that's enough saying the word fascinated oh god I've lost my train of thought so yeah the asexual utopia and a lot of people have said this to me before again going from things like oh my god you're so lucky and yes I'm lucky in the sense that I don't lose that time thinking about someone. It's You know, it's the whole thing about, oh, when you see someone for the first time, you have that initial crush and you can't stop thinking about them. They can be distracting. I mean, not personal experience-wise. I'm just speaking from what I know from other people and what I've seen in the media. I don't know how much of that is true, but that's what I get is real life. And I get that I'm lucky in the sense that, yeah, I don't have a person that to distract me from my work. But it doesn't mean that being asexual, it means that, you don't have any of those other worries that will distract you. Like, yeah, I'm not distracted by a guy or a girl in the romantic sense of the word, but I'm distracted by other things to do with people that, you know, has nothing to do with romance, but is just as distracting. And I feel like people don't understand that, yes, just because I don't have this the same way as they do, it doesn't mean they haven't got other things to think about in terms of that region. So, for example... Again, with the with the thing about, oh, if someone has a crush on someone and they spend hours thinking about them and like, oh, my God, do I like them? Do I not? Do I make a move? Do I not? You know, the whole thought process you go to. In my sense of, like, in my sense, it would be the sense of, but why don't I like that person? Why can't I like that person? And it's, it's such a different form of mentality. And the whole idea of the asexual utopia is just an interesting one because I do wonder whether if everyone was asexual, if everyone was the same in the sense of obviously reproduction would happen another way but if everyone didn't have that initial attraction to people how different the world would be just think about that how different would the world be if we looked at people and just saw them as people rather than oh I like you in that way or I like you in that way how would things be if people were just going on personality wise how would reality tv look if we didn't care what people looked like and it got me in this whole little sort of spiral because I think the asexual utopia is fascinating, but I don't know if I'd want it. I'd want it in the sense of everyone being like me for a change and not being the up one out. Like, I would absolutely love for if there was one day every year to flip the switch and everyone could be asexual. I would love that so much, just so everyone can get an understanding about what it's like to be asexual and how it isn't as amazing as people may think it is from the outside. Obviously, again, it's the whole thing of the grass is always greener and, you know, you kind of, you always wish for what you can't have and it's the whole, like, oh, yeah, like, in hindsight thing. So I, I understand that and people may say stuff and they won't know what they're saying, they won't know what they actually mean for it, but... It's just an interesting idea and something I wanted just to kind of get off my chest and see if anyone had any thoughts about it because I think the whole idea of it is just fascinating and it just really got me because this, obviously, Credit's Girlfriend is all about romantic love, familial love. It's a whole show about love and about how love can control your life. And from someone who love doesn't control my life, my life in any sense of the word, it's just... Like, it's just interesting, and me watching that show is going to be so different from someone else watching the show who, you know, has the same romantic feelings and whatnot. Because I remember when I first watched it, I was like, this is ridiculous, how can anyone be so in love with this person? You had, you don't even know them, you know, you had the fling with them when you were 16, and now you're going to move across a country for them. Like, I've never understood those stories where people would meet, like, the, the uh, what's it called? 
uh, falling in love at first sight. I've never understood it. It's like you cannot love someone after knowing them for a day and whatnot. And those stories of people, you know, they move across the country to be with this person they've known for five minutes. It's like, that's not real life. That's not realistic. But then I know for, that's just my perspective in terms of I can't imagine ever doing that for someone because that's not the type of person that I am. And also that's obviously not how I see the world. That's not how I see people or relationships. There are people I would move for, but in the sense that it's a friendship thing or it's another type of familial relationship type of thing. It wouldn't be anything romantic. I think I've completely lost my train of thought about this, but yeah, the premise of asexual utopia, it just it just got me thinking about it. And yeah, again, with this show, I, I mean, I think it's definitely worth watching if anyone's interested. So it's called Crazy That's Girlfriend. Like I said, it should be on Netflix. I know it was on the CW because it's an American show, when it was fifth out, I don't know whether you got catch up with that. I don't know anything about American TV. But it's definitely worth watching. And it's just so interesting because it makes such good comments on mental health. And how, just how different people view the world as well. You get to see a lot of different characters. There's lots of different sexualities that are in there. Like uh, people who are gay, bisexuality. There's not anything for trans, I don't think. But, I mean, it, I don't know whether it just wasn't thought about at the time and it's not the story that it's based around also the whole thing is based on like romance and attraction so that's like their focal point I feel like lots of tv shows especially within this like contemporary comedy genre they tend to be like okay this is the thing about romance or is this this thing about like just sheer diversity and this was definitely like the romance they're going to cover different parts of you know romantic spectrums and whatnot which they did granted nothing for asexuals but they never normally is but they they cover the big three i think which is you know straight gay and bisexual relationships i only call them the big three because when i say that i mean in terms of they're the ones that are most common because they're the ones that people know the most about like and i'm not saying they're the best three but in terms of my thinking they're like the most common that we see in the media because they're the ones that people know about and they're the ones that people tend to identify with. I mean, I've seen more people like that. But anyway, obviously all sexualities are equal. I'm not saying one's better than the other at all. I hope that was explained properly. But yeah, the whole thing about asexual utopia, I just love to know what other people think about this because in my head, I'm like, I think I'd like to see, I'd love to see it, but I don't know if I'd want to live it because again, it's the whole thing about you live a, a your life away for for so long and then you start to question what else is out there and I love to do a social experiment I think I mentioned this before um in an episode there someone was like whoa I think it was uh what was that? I think it was one I did recently actually I think it was one I one I did with uh was it with, with someone I don't remember um but I remember saying to someone that I love to do a psychological like social social experiment where I put all these people in like this, this city, kind of thinking about Divergent in terms of the city-esque setup, but I have all these people in this town and the only rules are that you have to let them grow up and not tell them about sexuality in terms of let them figure out on their own who they are and what they are. And I'd love to see there's just the results. I'd love to see how people evolve as people without the societal pressures of, you know, you're going to fall in love, you're going to get married. If people are told, you may find love or you may not find love, like, it's either way is fine, and have both representation, representation, oh my God, I can't speak today, representations out there, 
So maybe there is someone to look up to who is ace and someone to look up to who is, you know, gay or straight or no. Obviously, there should be one of at least every sexuality in there just to, you know, show the variety and show all the different types of, you know, sexuality you could end up identifying with. But I think it would just be fascinating because I've always wondered as well, like, it goes back to the whole nature-nurture debate. I still think that sexuality is, like, mm, genetic, but... I do think it is nature because I know plenty of people who are gay and they grew up in straight households and they were told, you know, you're going to grow up being straight. Like my generation, especially like people, you know, in the 90s, I feel like we're the most open to ideas because all this stuff kind of came to the surface when when we were experimenting ourselves and we were sort of learning to, you know, just see what's out there in the world. But obviously we were brought up thinking you're going to be straight because no one ever told us, oh, but there's a chance you could be this, you could be that. Until we reached the age of self-discovery, we didn't know what was out there because our parents, and most of them that I know of, are straight. That's the way we were brought up. That was like the, the, that was the norm. I say gender norm, no, that was the sexual norm. And I love to see the world in a place where people can grow up and think that you know, anything is possible that you can grow up and live your life however you want to be. Obviously, you know, aspire to get a job and do what you want to do. Spend your life doing what you love. But sexuality-wise, grow up without those limitations or ideas in terms of you grow up and just be however you feel. So don't grow up with labels. Just grow up how you want to feel. I think it would just be so fascinating because, again, I do think it is nature... But then at the same time, I do think that the way you develop is all about society and your your nature, your nature, your nurture and your upbringing. I feel like that's kind of impacts your life. But then obviously the rest of it is all nature. That is who you are. Uh, yeah, and I think it'd be so interesting. And I know it's unethical. It's never going to happen. But I think it'd be a great study to do just to see how much nature and nurture both impact us as people and the people we grow into, all down, all down to the upbringing. Okay, I'm going to close off the episode here. I hope that was interesting. I don't quite know what the point all this was, but I just I just wanted to talk about it. And like I said, I'm going to be a lot more easier on myself with these episodes and just talk about what I want to talk about. Like, I've been listening to other Ace podcasts just to see, you know, what else out there. I love listening to them anyway, but it also gives me inspiration in terms of, like, what topics have and haven't been said and my opinion on those topics and I literally listened to one I'm not going to name it but there are some episodes and they talk about the most random stuff and, I'm, and at the end of it I'm like what did I learn thing from that what was the point of the episode I feel like you just rambled on for 20 minutes and I thought like that's what I've done here which I hope it's not but I hope that was interesting and everyone should go watch Crazy Girlfriend because it's a great show great cast oh Rachel Bloom is an incredible human being and everyone should go follow her because she's just so inspiring for everything that she does, everything that she... Ugh, just just everything. She's just great. She's a great little human. Um, I think I think that's it. <laughs> I hope everyone's enjoyed that ramble. But I'd love to know other people's opinions about, you know, an asexual utopia. Um, the little experiment I'd love to do, but it's never going to happen because it is unethical. And I'm aware of that. I did do A-level psychology. So I know it is never appropriate to stick a bunch of humans in his playpen of a city and watch them grow up with no you know societal limits as much as I think it would be fascinating 
and you know all that stuff I know it's not ethical I know it's never gonna happen but I'd love to know your thoughts on it anyway thank you so much for listening as usual all the links will be down below so there is the TikTok and the Instagram both Space Ace the email if you ever want to get in touch is spaceace21 space with two e's because the other one was taken unfortunately but you know that's that's gmail for you and i've always loved to hear from people and if anyone has idea for any episodes or kind of the type of thing you'd love to be discussed always open to suggestions always try and help best i can same thing with tiktok if there's anything people ever want to see on there i try and make it as as diverse but also just as free as possible like again like this but everyone feeling on the day so like you just get the best content if you're not stuck down to a particular schedule or not i think with this type of thing it's unless you're obviously there's a big event coming up or whatever it's just best to cover what you feel like covering what the mood of covering and what's covering and what you can make the best content for again thank you so much for listening hope this was interesting stay tuned for the episode coming next week space ace out